0: try to get through this. I appreciate your prayers while I'm speaking. I thought I'd begin by sharing some of my favorite memories about my dad. I spent most of my life in MacArthur, California, in the mountains, and there were no uh, real neighbors we could see because the trees were so thick and because everyone lived so far from each other. And one day, dad took Jason and I. You saw my brother Jason in some of those photos. He was 14 months younger than me. He took us into the backyard walked us over to some trees and pointed them out, and he said, well, these are the trees. I'm going to build your, your treehouse in between. And it was a real neat treehouse. It had this sliding window on the side of it, and it had this nice roof, and it was all closed in. And there was a trapdoor in the bottom that, you know, you'd reach by climbing up this ladder that Dad had, had made for us. And we thought it was pretty much about the coolest thing when we were kids. But when Dad made it, the thing I remember was it wasn't enough for him to just make it and have us play in it. He also wanted us to spend the night in it as a family. And so that was mom and I and Jason and dad. And we were sleeping in these sleeping bags, and the floor of the treehouse was plywood. It's not the most comfortable uh, floor to sleep on. And then while the treehouse seemed pretty spacious when we were standing up and playing in it, it uh, filled up pretty quickly with the four of us laying down on the floor next to each other and constantly bumping into each other and rolling on top of each other. Made for a pretty long night, but uh, it was nice and it was fun and I still remember it well. And I mentioned, one other reason I mentioned this story is because it reminds me uh, about something that was um, important to dad and that was for us to be together as a family. And when I was growing up, I felt like dad made a lot of deliberate efforts like that for us to be together as a family. I remember growing up feeling like family was very important. I'm thankful the dad has passed that along to me. And most of you have seen how important family is to uh, him through the efforts he's made to follow us around, us being Katie and I and our children. They moved from Northern California to be with us near in Central California, which is where we were before coming here. And just when they thought that we were going to spend our lives down there together, then we decided to come up to Washington and they followed us up here as well. And so I look back and feel like uh, it's very evident the efforts my parents put to uh, be with us and spend time with us as a family, and that means a lot, has always meant a lot to me. Something else I remember about dad was how hardworking he is, which many of this um, testimonies about him have already made evidence. And people can show their love for others in many ways. My dad has never been a big talker. As most of you know, I've obviously taken after my mother. <laughs> And so people show their love and affection for others in different ways. And the way that dad would show his love for us was by working hard, uh, either in his job or just working hard when he was at home. And so when I grew up, there was a phrase that was very common in our household, and it was the phrase double shift, double shift. Dad was always working a double shift, it seemed. He'd work eight hours, and then he'd work another eight-hour shift after that, come home, sleep a few hours, and then he'd head back to work. I played sports through school, and Dad made it a point to watch all my events, and so sometimes even on very little sleep, and because we lived in such a rural area, we'd have to travel upwards of two, three hours at times to reach the other schools that we would play, and Dad would come off a double shift, and then he'd drive all over Northern California to watch these different games and tournaments that I was in. And dad was such a hard worker that it seemed like even when he wasn't at home, even when he wasn't at work, when he was at home, he'd still keep working. And uh, at the time, I thought it was pretty unfortunate, although now I suppose I'm thankful for it. He always wanted us to be with him when he was working. And so if he was out being in the mountains, there was always stuff to do around our house. And so dad would always have us out there with him. So during the school year, weekends pretty much uh, were spent working. And then during the summer, that, that was spent working around our house as well. My parents grew up in upstate New York, and I heard these stories about how my dad loved working on his uncle's dairy farm. And to my dad, it seemed like being on this dairy farm was pretty much the greatest thing imaginable. He'd go there uh, every summer, and it was like kind of this legendary location, in my mind, growing up. And so the summer after my eighth grade year, I was able to travel and work on that dairy farm that my dad had worked on with many of the same people that he had been with there. And I'll just say that it wasn't the greatest thing in my mind like it was for, for my dad. So even though I didn't like it, there was something really special about being at this place where my dad had spent so many uh, so many summers and had so many wonderful memories. And just being there and thinking that my dad had been there you know, a few decades earlier and to be with these people that knew my dad and shared... All these stories about him it really gave me insight into my dad and helped me understand him um insight that i wouldn't have had otherwise and i would just say that to any of the young people who are here if you ever have the opportunity to visit places or people who are familiar with your parents you should do that because it's going to allow you to know your parents in a way that you probably wouldn't be able to otherwise as these people share with you or as you're able to see locations that were important to your parents next thing that I think is worth sharing about my dad is that he really cared for my mom. He was a very faithful husband. I grew up, and I knew that he loved mom, and he'd always be there for her, and I told you that my parents grew up in upstate New York. That's actually where I was born, and, but I also said that we grew up, and I grew up in Northern California, so you kind of wonder how we got from upstate New York to, to Northern California. Well, my mom's parents, so my meme and Pepe, They had moved from New York to California for a job in construction, and then my parents followed them. And I remember one time, I was kind of putting this together in my mind, and I was thinking about there not really being anyone in California for us except for my mom's parents and all of my dad's family and friends, all the stories that I heard from when they were growing up took place in New York. All the people that were closest to them were in New York. When we went and visited family, we'd typically go to New York. And so I asked dad one time, I said, Why did you leave New York when that's where everyone was? Why would you, all of your family, all of your friends and all of your memories are there? And I still remember real vividly, dad looked at me and he said, because I love your mom. Now, if I had to say what I'm most thankful for about dad, it's this. Dad pointed me toward God as early as I can remember. I remember growing up knowing that there was a God and that God created me and I knew that God loved me and I knew that someday I would stand before that God and I would give an account for my life and I attribute that knowledge and understanding to my father. I remember many evenings as a family, we concluded the day uh, kneeling together in the living room praying. I didn't know at that time what a spiritual leader was, that wasn't a phrase or term that was familiar to me, but I look back now and I recognize that that's what dad was trying to be for our family. One of my other favorite memories about dad, it actually comes from the end of his life when things were the worst for him some of you probably know that dad would walk off regularly and it was pretty common in our house to be looking out the the house we live in now my parents old house to be looking out the windows of the living room to see mom and dad come walking by and they do that two or three times and sometimes i'd get to walk around with mom and we'd have a real nice talk or just kind of watching dad walk around you know in front of us and sometimes try to direct him back to the house after we thought we'd been walking around enough and then where's kim and then Kim took on this responsibility, <laughs> walking around with dad um, the last, last uh, year, I suppose. Uh, the reason I mention this is what was really special to me was dad would always take three things with him. And I don't know what was going on in dad's mind all the time. And I know some of the stuff didn't make the most sense. But it really struck me that he would take his toothbrush with him, and he would take his razor and he would always take his Bible. And sometimes I think, what more does a man need? (laughs) So I just feel very blessed that my dad clearly saw the Bible as one of the essentials that he was going to have with him wherever he went. 1 Thessalonians 5.18, it says, Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. So, giving thanks in all circumstances, it's not an easy thing to do, especially not when you've unexpectedly lost a loved one, but it is the will of God in Christ Jesus for us. And so, I was trying to do it after Dad's passing, and I was very pleasantly surprised by the number of things I could give thanks for. And I want to share those with you. First, the weekend before Dad passed, most of you probably know we were in California and that alone is a thanks that we weren't in California when dad passed and that God allowed us to be here and for pastor Nathan and I to head to my mom's house when we got the the phone call well when we were in California we were at our previous church where there were many people who deeply loved my parents they had very close relationships at our previous church like they do at this church and so when we were down there usually after perhaps asking one question about me the next question From almost everyone was, how are your parents doing? How are your parents doing? Because people knew that dad had Alzheimer's. And I thought that God had blessed us so much. Dad was declining. And so if I was to answer their question honestly, I couldn't say much good about dad's Alzheimer's because it was just getting worse. But I felt like it would dishonor God to launch into what would sound like a complaint about how dad was doing considering how much God had blessed us. And so whenever people asked how dad was doing i wouldn't answer their question immediately i would first begin sharing all of these ways that god had blessed us before sharing that god or that dad was declining and so i would talk about how thankful we were that my parents were living near us how thankful we were for having so many wonderful friends in the church and how thankful we were that the church was being so good to my parents and that my parents could be around their grandchildren so often and i felt like i was moving from conversation to conversation in california repeating these these blessings to so many people that I actually began to memorize them and it didn't occur to me that when I got back to Woodland I was only gonna have a few more days with my dad and so I had repeated all these blessings God had given us so many times that they were truly cemented in my heart and mind and I found that God had graciously allowed me to state them so many times a few days earlier to these other people that when dad passed I was repeating them or preaching them to myself and I was just sharing all the wonderful ways that God had had blessed us and allowed me to 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 see um you know so much goodness through something that was painful when it occurred second when people have Alzheimer's as you know things can get pretty bad for them at the end and we were noticing things speeding up with Dad over the last few months but I feel like before things got any worse the simplest way to say it is that God graciously allowed my father to pass away with dignity that's the thing that keeps coming to mind for me Jim and Vicky were with us the night that dad passed and they did a good job just being with us being friends there and not saying anything uh, when we got the news, when Officer Keller, which is one of the other graces of that night, a gentleman who, a police officer who lives across from us, who's here with us this morning, who we would consider a friend of our family, and we hope he would say the same, he was there, and he uh, was with us that night, and it was very kind, brought my mom flowers the, you know, the next day, and told us repeatedly, I'm going to be off the next eight days, I'm going to be off the next eight days. Now, normally when someone says, I'm going to be off the next eight days, what they mean is, leave me alone, Right. Well, Officer Keller kept saying, I'm going to be off the next eight days because that was his way of saying I have nothing else to do than to respond to you guys if you need anything. So, Officer Kyle, I'm really thankful that you were there with us that night. That meant a lot to us, that God allowed you to um, come over and be with us. And so when he delivered the news that uh, Dad didn't make it, Jim was there, and that was the first time Jim spoke, Jim Donald. And he walked over, and he put his arm around Mom, and he just said two words. He said, he's free. He's free. And I thought that was a really good way to describe I thought that was a really good way to describe what had taken place with dad. There was a verse that came to mind for me. And the context for the verse is there was this man who was very oppressed, and Jesus delivered him. And Mark 5 15 says, They saw the man that Jesus had delivered, and he was sitting there clothed and in his right mind. And now, Dad's free and he's going to be clothed in his glorified body. And he's already been given his right mind. Third thing I'm thankful for, my dad's dad, so my Pepe had Alzheimer's and he passed away within a few years of the diagnosis. The average length that people live after they're diagnosed with Alzheimer's is about 3 to 11 years and dad was diagnosed in 2011 which means that god graciously gave him uh, many wonderful years to be with us and that's how i would describe these years i thought that they were very good with him our prayer was that our time with dad would be quality time versus lots of poor years of time with him and what we were really asking for Was that things would be as good with dad as possible for as long as possible and then that he would hopefully go quickly at the end versus something very long and drawn out and although it felt very devastating that Sunday night the dad passed away in hindsight I recognize that that's what God allowed us to have I attribute it to prayers that many of you offered and I especially attribute it to prayers that my children Karis and chloe especially offered for my dad if you are a part of a home fellowship with us or if you thank you or if you attended evening service you frequently heard Karis or chloe ask for prayer for dad's alzheimer's and i they pray that god would give us a lot of good time with him and i'm thankful that they prayed that because i feel like it was a prayer that god answered fourth I just want to briefly talk about our last day with dad it was really wonderful I don't think it could have been better we were at church in the morning it was a Sunday we went to church as a family and sat together we were going to have someone over um for a meal uh, from the church and it didn't work out for that person to come over and so Katie said well why don't we have your parents over and so we had my parents over and we had a nice meal with them and one of the highlights of the meal was dad being able to hold Lydia he hadn't been able to hold her we weren't concerned that it would have been the wisest decision for him to pick her up but when we were having the meal at the table together Lydia crawled across the table to dad and he was able to sit there and hold her at the table with us and at that time obviously I had no idea that that was dad's last evening with us and then we went to evening service together and it was really a perfect day it was really a perfect day, much of it uh, spent together as a family, and then the rest of it spent in the house of the Lord with our church family. Fifth, I feel like God really blessed us with a wonderful church family. I want to thank you all uh, from the bottom of my heart for loving my parents like you did. I could not have asked for a better church family for my family, including my parents, and the kindness and grace that you've shown to my dad over these last few years is really is something I can't put into words. I would not have wanted to go through all of this with anyone else. Here's just a few examples of things that I thought of. My parents were pretty big fans of playing dominoes, and they would play with Alan and Candy, and then there was a point when it would become very confusing for Dad, keeping score, and so Alan and Candy just stopped keeping score. we just played dominoes with Dad and <laughs> enjoyed the time with them. I think about Ben Sowers. And I'd watch Ben, and he'd walk up to my dad, and he would just shake his hand and he'd look him in the eyes and he'd call him by name and he'd just ask him how he was doing I think of my parents Thursday night home fellowship that always involved my dad and was patient with him as Ed said or as, as Steve said uh, you know let my dad read more verses than Steve was prepared to teach on dad's quietness became more pr- pronounced the last few years um, but he still liked to be included if he wasn't, he'd come home sometimes and he'd be a little frustrated. And so uh, maybe you guys didn't know that, but Dad, mom would tell me that, you know, Dad had come home and he felt like maybe if, if he was ever someplace and people didn't talk to him, that there was something wrong. And so we felt thankful that the church was always so kind to be friendly to him. If it was Randy, if it was Steve, if it was Mike, if it was Ed, they'd look at Dad. They would talk to him. They would try to make him feel like he's part of the conversation. <laughs> We didn't want to put dad in a home. We went and we visited one because we knew that mom couldn't take care of him any longer. But when we understood what that would mean, we, we decided very quickly that we, weren't, we were going to figure out something else. And that's when God blessed us with Kimberly Zumstein. And we couldn't have asked for someone better to take care of my dad and help my mom during those uh, the last time we had with him. Now, finally, there's three things that I did that I'm thankful for that I'd like to share with you. To be clear i'm not a perfect son i i haven't been a perfect son and i don't share these things to lead you to think more of me than you should they're simply things that i'm glad that i did that i want to pass along in the hopes that you might be able to do these things as well and experience some of the some some of the same thankfulness that i've been able to experience (laughs) now first when i was a school teacher and a coach i had to take cpr and i didn't really enjoy it and then when sterling started teaching the cpr classes here he asked me if I was gonna gonna take it. And I said, well, no, I took it when I was a teacher. And he said, well, how long ago was that? And I could see where he was going with this. And I said, well, it was probably years ago. And he said, you think you should, you know, and Sterling's a pretty gentle guy, but he was nudging me and saying, you think you should come and get refreshed on this? And I said, sure, I'll come, I'll come for the class, Sterling. And and I'm really thankful that I did obviously um well when when mom called i raced down to my parents house and pastor nathan followed and we were alternating performing cpr on dad and obviously we weren't able to save him but i i can't tell you the peace that's given me knowing that we did what we could and if i hadn't taken cpr training then i don't know the guilt that i might have been living with at this point and so i would just encourage you to take cpr if you can you never know when god might want to use you as a as a first responder on the scene pastor nathan's already used cpr uh, in two different situations once with my dad and then once with his son and i've used it obviously once with my dad (laughs) also that last night uh, pastor nathan he followed me to my mom's house and i just want to thank you for being my pastor that night Really thankful that God brought you and Jill here to be with us, to go through this with us. Katie said that God brought you here for such a time as this. The second thing that I want to pass along that I did that I'm thankful for is I told my dad many times that I loved him. And he wasn't always understanding the most at the end, but you know, I look him in the eyes the clear, the best I could. I'd put sometimes I'd put my hands on his shoulders or on his upper arms, and I would say, Dad, I love you so much. I love you so much. And I didn't know if he understood me, so then I would tell him again. Mom had surgery a few months ago, and she had to spend the night at the hospital, so I stayed at the house with Dad, and we were going to bed, and he was having trouble putting his pajamas on. He was putting his pajamas on on over his clothes, and so we got him undressed, put his pajamas on, and laid him in bed, and... uh, I took his earplugs out or his hearing aids out and he's laying there and he's kind of looking up at me and I leaned down and I just gave him a kiss and I tucked him in and I said dad I love you so much do you know that I love you so much I'm so thankful for you and he was just kind of looking up at me and I thought it was a real blessing that God let me tuck my dad in like that like I've done with my kids many times and I just want to encourage you that if you have things to say to people that there are things under your heart you need to make sure you say those you shouldn't think that you're going to have some time in the future to say those things because you might not and so i'm just very thankful that um, there were so many times that i looked at dad and communicated my love and affection and thankfulness for him (laughs) now third speaking of the things that i'm thankful that i said to my dad more than anything i'm thankful that i started sharing the gospel with him almost 20 years ago Now, at first, it pushed him away because it conflicted with this religious system that he was in. And the other reason it pushed him away was simply because I didn't didn't share the gospel with him very graciously like I should have. Someone said I was like a bull in a china shop when I was sharing the gospel with my parents. But by God's grace, I kept sharing it with Dad and Mom, and uh, God worked despite my failures as a as a preacher of the gospel to my parents he opened their hearts and he granted them repentance of their sins and faith in christ and when dad became a christian in his 50s it was a great privilege for me to watch the gospel transform him god clearly gave him a new heart i watched dad develop victories over sins that had plagued him throughout his life He truly was a changed man. I know that many of you didn't know him when he was younger. You've known him as this wonderful man that the gospel transformed him into. But I had the gift of being able to watch that transformation take place. And it's really given me I can counsel better. I can can counsel with more confidence. I can tell people the gospel will do this in your life because I've I've seen the gospel do this in other people's lives, most prominently my dad. And so that's one of my other encouragements to you is share the gospel with the people you love. Or even with the people you don't. <laughs> but share the gospel with the people around you and don't become discouraged if they don't respond as quickly as you might like. <laughs> and speaking of sharing the gospel with people, earlier I said that I grew up in, in a Christian home or a, a religious home, but I didn't grow up in a Christian home. So even though I said we were kneeling down on the floor and we were uh, praying often, being religious doesn't save us. It's not religious activity, it's the work of Christ that saves us and so i was convinced when i was growing up that i would go to heaven because i was good enough i, I had done enough things i thought i had kept the sacraments well enough and so if he asked me why i would go to heaven that's what i would have said <laughs> but listen to this verse galatians two twenty one. paul says i don't set aside the grace of god for if righteousness or if we could be good enough if righteousness could be gained by being good enough then christ died for nothing and what that means is if there was ever an amount of religious activity or good works we could perform that would allow us to go to heaven then Jesus came and he hung on that cross and he died for no reason at all being good enough to go to heaven is the opposite of the gospel the gospel is recognizing that we are sinners who could never be good enough in our own effort even given multiple lifetimes and that we need that finished work of Christ on the cross Ephesians 2 8 by grace you have been saved through faith this is not your own doing it is the gift of God it is not a result of works so that no one may boast we're saved by grace through faith and twice Paul says that it has nothing to do with us it is not your own doing it is not a result of works if we could get to heaven through our own effort then what would we do when we reached it we would do what Paul said we would boast And so this leaves no place for boasting when we recognize when we are in heaven that we are only there because of what jesus has done for us we don't like to think about death it's pretty clear it's it's probably the one topic more than anything else that we push far from our conversations we push it far from our minds we want to keep it as far from our lives as possible but a funeral is really the only time that we're forced to deal with this reality it's an interesting thing that there's nothing um, that is realer than death and that all of us uh, experience it at some point but it's something that we try as best we can not to think about but when we we come to a funeral it's the center of attention we're thinking about the death of that the person uh whom at least in my dad's case because he is a Christian we're celebrating but uh for for the rest of us we're also thinking well there's going to be a funeral for me someday this is we're celebrating john lapierre's life but at some point in the future some people will come together and then they will celebrate my life and i want to invite you to think about the end of your life i look at those photos and it's surprising how quickly they're going by some of the photos with the kids they they look you know it was five six years ago and it seems like it was just yesterday And so life is going by so quickly. It's not going to be that long before, uh, in light of eternity especially, that there is a funeral for us. And after we die, we're going to stand before God. We'll stand before the God who gave us life and who created us and wanted us uh, to have a relationship with him. And if you have been trusting in yourself, if you have been believing that you were good enough to get to heaven in your own effort, you'll regret that. And you'll regret that for all eternity There's only one way for you to get into heaven and it will be by repenting of your sins and trusting completely in the finished work of christ on the cross there's nothing that you could ever add to it if you've happened to believe that you contribute in some way then that is a false gospel that that is a works-based religion that instead of saving actually damns so if you sit here today and you've never looked to christ fully to put your faith in him as your savior and you've turned from your sins toward him and clung exclusively to what he's done for you. Please don't leave here today without making that right. Please see myself or Pastor Nathan. We would consider it a great privilege to be able to speak with you and answer any of the questions that you might have. Mm-hmm. Right here, Mom.